Okay, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big schuss to be here. As we get closer to Rosh Hashanah, to be hosted by the Parkals. Usually I'm sitting at this table, and there's a lot of men in the room. But uh, anybody who knows the Parkals know that they deal a lot with girls. They have a lot of girls. Their whole summer's about girls. So there's a thought that maybe we should bring this Chabura to the girls, to the women, to the ladies. Pick your, pick your name. So I'm, I'll tell you a little bit about this, this Chabura, which is usually a weekly shear that we give to men. It's a, it's a journey. It's a journey. We all love music. We all love Torah. And it's, it's appropriate that we put the two together. Music's powerful. Torah's powerful. When you put it all together, it creates an explosion of content, of intent, of meaning, of true Vodas Hashem. And so we've been for, for a while now, a few years now, we've been, each week we meet, we listen to a song, we try to dissect the song a little bit, we say Divrei Torah, and we listen to the music again a second time to try to really let it settle in. And so tonight I'm joined by my friend who's become my good friend, as this is already our second time this week. One more is a chazaka. Want to come for Shabbos Suda? Let's go. One more, we have a chazaka, we have to hang out every day. So Ari Kunstler here was, some of you maybe have heard his music, maybe not, I don't know, but he's a musician. If you don't know, he puts out beautiful, beautiful music. We've used his songs a few times already for our Chabura. And tonight we're going to listen to his newest song, Avodat Halev, Avodas Halev. But before we start, I wanted him to play one of his older songs that we use once in a Chabura to just slowly get us into the mode. I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown. He's going to play a song, and then... We're going to hear from Ari about this next song, Avodah Salev, about whatever he wants to talk about. I don't even know what he's going to say. Then we're going to listen to the song. Maybe you heard it already. But it'll be more exciting when you hear from the producer, from the musician himself. And then after we hear the song live, or we hear it from Spotify live, whatever that is. So we'll say some Divrei Torah. We'll try to connect to the Zman that we're in. And we'll try to understand the song in a little bit of a deeper way. After that, if Ari wants to add some words, the floor is open to him. And then I asked him at the end to play the same song, acoustic. To play it, to, to get a real feeling from it. And I'm sorry, this is long. And then after that, there's going to be a playlist that's just going to play. And at that point, everybody has paper and a pen. These are, it's the paper and pen you can use for whatever you want, but... What we've done in Bayer Chabura is that after we learn, you could write a tefillah. You could write a tefillah to a Kaddish Baruch Hu about what we discussed here tonight or whatever you want. And you'll take it with you, if you want, to your sitter. You put it in your sitter for Rosh Hashanah. So that'll be an avod if you want to do. If you don't want to do, you don't have to do. So with that, lengthy hakdama along the fields. Winter chill, a calming still night, so to be found but me. And telephone, just me alone, and a heavy heart I cannot appease. The pain I bear followed me above, now you see me in the All my wrongs, they've come along. Not sure I can appeal. I break down and call to you, my father. I've been trying to get close, but I fell farther. Open up your hands and some mercy to this man, alone in the field with you. I break down and call to you, my father. I've been trying to get close, but I feel far. Open up your hands and some mercy to this man, alone in the field with you. Now tell us, tell us about this new song. 
So, um, about a month ago, it's a month on Sunday, I came out with a song. Whenever you release a song, for me, sometimes, I've, it's, it's always one of two ways. Either it's a song that I've, I've worked on forever, and then I finally finish it and I put it out, or it's a song that happens in a day, and I write it, and I record it, and I put it out. So, each of them have, each way has different malas and chasranas. They're, you know, have their pros and cons. Certain songs are just, you're in the moment, you're full of inspiration, so you're, you're putting your song out while it's fresh and it's fresh for you. You hardly even know your own song when you're putting it out. And then sometimes there's a song that has a journey in its creation and its development and its, its birth in a way. And um, the song of Adat Alev, it, this one was a journey. I think I wrote, I started, I started the song, I don't know if the story's in, in your, in, in your shit. Okay, so there's a, there's a story of a guy who goes to Rebbe, he has Lazarus, and he, he's Parnasa, he needs Rufu, he needs different things, and he goes, and he says, you know, Rebbe, I need, I need, you know, I need some Yeshua. So he said to him, he's like, go focus, have Kavana on Anashem. You're davening, hello, have, you know, till and focus on Anashem. A couple months later, he comes back to the Rebbe. He says, like, nothing is changing. He says, well, I told you, focus on Anashem. He says, yeah, I'm davening on Anashem, Anashem, Atzlichana. And the Rebbe says, no, you have to focus on Anashem, Kiani Avdecha. That story, I've known that story forever. And it's always stuck with me. And I decided two years ago, I wanted to write a song originally called Evid, about being an Evid Hashem. I'd never really seen that there were any songs with that concept. So I really wasn't sure how to go about it or what I wanted to be about. And I, I, I have so many different little notebooks or notes on my phone where I started jotting down lyrics in different places in English and Hebrew. But what it came down to when I, when I started writing and the song is half in Ivrit, half in English, and then has Anashem and in the chorus. It started out with a, a fundamental idea of that I personally, and I, I write many of my songs from the first person because I'm, I'm sharing my experience. And it's I try and I try and take a, a personal approach and a vulnerable approach of writing my own feelings, and my own experiences, and tying them in into a way that has a spiritual connection to it. Tie, ties in with Jewish music and blending one, you know, one with each other. And I started out with the idea of saying that, you know, I, I was born, Baruch Hashem, into a from family. I've been, I grew up, you know, in a from house, learning in yeshiva, all the from ways, but as I get older, it's harder. It gets harder. Different challenges come up. As you get older, it comes harder to daven. It's, you get distracted by the world. And we have a concept of free will in our, in our lives. And still, I choose you. And it, it really... My, the original course of the song was a line, Ani Evet Shacha, Ani Evet Malay Amunav. I'm your servant and I'm, I'm, I'm full, filled with faith. Because I'm choosing to continue on a path where I am choosing you, Hashem, over all the externals out that are pulling me away. But it sent me down a, a little bit of a deeper hole of what, what is an Evet Hashem. And I've asked you know, as part of my promotion on social media, I've asked, you know, a variety of my friends who are Jewish music uh, superstars of what their interpretation of being an Eved Hashem. I got to ask Isha Rebo what it meant to be an Eved Hashem. And um, everyone had their own answer and their own interpretation. And my interpretation for myself was that 
and this everyone is has their own dara. Everyone has their own journey in life. Is their own, in their own place. For me, my service to Hashem is bringing Him into my life. He's having a, a constant connection. Uh, like all the mitzvahs that are put before, you know, before us, the asays, los asays, they're all there for us to have this connection. And they, whenever we do a mitzvah, we're connecting. So for me, it was a, a, a very deep concept and a deep realization. But it, it takes on a little bit more as the song went on. When I wrote the song, and I, it developed into the song that it is, I wrote the second verse in Ivrit, and I said, okay, so who do I, who do I have sing it? Because I don't like to sing in Ivrit. It's not my native tongue. I, it's, it's not natural for me. I had done a song called Kaylee, which I do with Rabbi Yosef Karduna, which is half in English, half in Hebrew, and I wanted to do something similar. And I sent the song to everybody. To, to everybody. I got it to, you know... All the Israeli guys, I got some, you know, of the Hebrew singing guys here in New York. And everyone kind of said, it's a great song, just they, they passed, you know. And at a certain point, I just kind of sat down and I, I, I really believed in the song. And I believed in what I put into it and what I felt it was. And I gave up on it. I gave up on the song. I shelved it. Like after a year of trying, I just... I, Followed it away in my folder on my hard drive of like, okay, songs maybe I'll come back to like further down the road. And um, after Pesach, I have a manager and he kind of gave it to me over the head. He says, you need another song like Kaylee, half in English, half in Hebrew. So listen, I have, I have this song that's sitting here and um, this is what I sent it to him and he, he literally called me up on the phone. He's like, you should be ashamed of yourself that you haven't put this song out. He's like, there's something, there's a deep and powerful message here for people. And I said, you know what? Like, I, I've sent it to everybody. Now, I'll make a long story shorter, but he started sending it to everybody again, and he's kind of relentless and can make people crazy. And he's busy, like, blowing up people's phones, and out of nowhere, someone calls me up, he says, I got named Itzik Dadja, singer from Israel, is amazing. He's living here in New York now. And he needs some, I'm, I'm the wedding business, he said, he needs some, like, guidance into, like, cracking the New York wedding scene. I said, you know what, I'm a big fan of this, Does you want to sing on a song. Within two days, done. He was in, and he didn't want to just be part of the song. Like, we had long talks about the meaning of the song, about what it means to be an Ever Hashem, what it means to connect. He wasn't someone that just came on the song and sang, but... This song has had a whole development of it's been a self-development of me for me. Everything kind of happens in there. Hashem has plans, like, things happen in the right time. In a way, it's... When I came out with the song, I was, it was almost, you get, you're supposed to get excited, like, I finally put out the song. In a way, I was a little bit sad because, like, you work so hard on a song, and especially a song like this that you, I really believed in and I kind of gave up on And it's, it's a certain level, level of vulnerability, especially in the English lyrics. But suddenly, like when you put out a song, it's like no longer yours, it's the world's. And some songs, some people here, Alone in the Field with You, that I just played, has its small um, you know, following of people, and they tap into it, and then certain songs, they go far, and they reach a lot of people. And since I came out with the song, I've just, the amount of phone calls and messages and from, from all over the world, it just, it made me realize how much this concept needed to be explored. People can tap into it and find inspiration in it. And one thing I realized about the song is very often we're, t- we're singing about happy things in Jewish music, and very often we're singing about, very often we're singing about sad things in Jewish music. And this song is neither. This song is just about finding a way to connect, finding your own way to be an Ever Hashem, finding your own way to 
to tap in into figuring out what your own service is and your own work is. So that's uh, that in a nutshell. It's <laughs> pretty good. Now we need the, the maestro over here. Yeah. So now we're going to listen to the song, and then we're going to talk about everything he just spoke about, but in a little bit of a different way.
So a new song has emerged. Vodat Halev. So now it's my turn. You didn't ask me. I'm not a musician. Now, I'll give two cents. And what, is it, what does it mean to be an Eved Hashem? And then through that, we'll try to understand the song a little bit deeper. Mertz Hashem. So, B'siyad Dishmaya. So, Shoshana is right around the corner. The beginning of the year, Yom Hadin. And it's a very interesting day. It's a day of joy in some ways, Chazal say. It's a day of fear. It's a day of judgment. It's a day of Unasana Tokif. It's scary. But then we're clapping and dancing, depending on what shul you're in. Well, what, what is it? Where, what are the feelings of Rosh Hashanah? What kind of day is this? It's very confusing. And there's also a, a big machlokas when it comes to somebody requesting. Right, we dive into Hashem, and most of Shemona Esra every single day are requests, bakashas, right? most of the brachas. When it comes to Shabbos, we don't really have requests. When it comes to Yom Tif, we don't, we're not really supposed to ask for personal requests. The Zohar Kadr says that a person who asks personal requests on Rosh Hashanah is like a dog. Like a dog that says, have, have, just give, give. But on the other hand, there are poskim, poskim and halacha, who say that Rosh Hashanah, it's an emergency. Yom Hadin is upon us. Our entire year is set. You have to let people ask for what they need. Personal requests, parnasa, family nyanim, other personal nyanim. You have to let people ask. But that doesn't go well with the Zohar. The Zohar Kaddish says that you're like a dog. So how can we put these two together? How can we, if we want to request, how can we do it in a way that we feel good about ourselves? So when we were deciding, after Ari said he would join us for Chaburo, I was going back and forth with Dove, should we say to the men, should we do one for the, for the ladies? Dove says, it's my choice. We asked Arya, he says, it's my choice. So I said, okay. So I took a few moments, went, went with Siyad to the Shemaya, and I thought for a minute about this song. And immediately, one name came to my head. Chana. Chana. I said, okay, that's it. I don't even know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be for the women. So I said, so we're here today because of Chana. Happens to be Rosh Hashanah, we know. The first day of Rosh Hashanah, the Haftorah, that's laned, is the whole story of Chana. Chana was barren. We're going to review the story in a minute. But on Rosh Hashanah, it's all about Chana. The Gemara says, since Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Zikaran, it's a day of remembrance. Usually a Kaddish Baruch is remembering our entire year. But says Chazal, a few special things happened on Rosh Hashanah. Hashem remembered the Jewish people. They were let out of Mitzrayim, or they were, that's when it all started, the Gula. Yosef HaTzadik was let out of jail on Rosh Hashanah. Sar Imenu conceived in Rosh Hashanah. And Chana Imenu conceived in Rosh Hashanah. She was banned for many years. So Chana and Rosh Hashanah, it's one, it's one Indian, it's one Sugya. So let's, let's review the story. I'm sure most of you know it probably better than I know it. But we'll review a little bit of the story of Chana. So Chana was married to a big tzaddik, Elkanah. And for many years, she didn't have any children. And every year, Elkanah would take his whole family. They'd go to the Mishkan. There was no base of Migdash yet with Elia Cohen. He was the Kohen Gadol. And they'd go every year to Anyantif time by Shavuos, Shalashagalim. And they'd bring Karbanos. And every year, Chana would go, and she'd be very sad that she had no child. <clears throat> she even had a, a, Elkanah had a second wife, whose name was Penina. Just parenthetically, my wife's name is Penina, and she, this, oh yeah? So she gets very bothered by this story. Because Penina wasn't so nice in this story. She would ridicule Chana, that she had no children. Even though Chazal say that she wasn't trying to hurt Chana, she was trying to be Ma'or or to Davin. But I, but I always tell my wife that she's the Tikkun and she's trying to mechazik girls all day long. That's what she does. So she's, uh, she's trying to misaki in what once happened. End parentheses. I'm sure your wife as well. She mechazik you. So they're going up and it's year after year. And in a certain year, 
Chana is, 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 she's totally broken. She's really, to- she's crying. And it, it was in the afternoon, usually the karbanas are happening in the morning, and it was during the afternoon time, it was very quiet by the Mishkan. Eli was sitting, it says, Eli was sitting by the mezuzah in the Heichel Hashem. Vihi moras nefesh. And Hannah came and she was, she was bitter. It's yantiv, but she's bitter. V'tispal al Hashem u'bacho tivken. She's davin to Kaddish Baruch And she's crying. And she says she make, takes a nether. And she says, Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hashem Tzavakos. It was a special name. No one, says the Gemara, no one ever called Hashem. Hashem Tzavakos until Hannah came. It's a special praise of a Kaddish Baruch See, see your amasecha, see your maidservant. I'm, I'm, I'm an ani, I'm in pain. I'm afflicted. Don't you see? Do you remember me? Don't forget me. Give me a child. You don't have enough power? You can't give me a child? You, you run the entire world, billions of things. You can't just give me one child? And she says... Don't I keep all the halachas? This is from the Gemara. Don't I keep the, the halachas of the women? Chala, Nida, and Lakas Neris, which the Rosh Tevas we know are Chana. Chala, Nida, Hadlaka. That's Chana. Don't I keep these mitzvahs? You can't give me one child? And then she says, I'll give, I'll give over my child. If you give me a child, I'll give him over to you. And she's davening and she's crying and Ailey's watching. But there was something special about her tefillah. Says the pasuk, "V'chana he midaberes aliba, raksvaseha knows." Chana was davening on her heart. Midaberes aliba, raksvaseha knows. Her lips were moving, v'kolu yisham, but her voice wasn't heard. Vayachshavei Eli shikora, and we know that Eli thought she was drunk. Not clear why he thought that, but he thought that there was this crazy lady drinking, and just mumbling things. There are people by the by the coast of Maravi who do that, so maybe you think that. And Khan says, no, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm just bitter. I'm embittered. Really, I, I'm not drunk at all. I'm pouring out my heart. I'm pouring out my nefesh before Kodesh Baruch Hu and Tefillah. And Eli answered, Go in peace. I'm sorry, I apologize for thinking that you were drunk. Go in peace. Hashem's going to give you what you request. What you asked. And, and Hannah's very happy, and she goes, and her face changes, the Pasuk says, and she goes to eat, and she wakes up the next morning, they go back, and Hashem remembers her, and she conceives. She gives birth to Shmuel, and we know the rest of the story. So Hannah, we know, Gemara tells us, a lot of halachas of Shmona Esrei, actual halachas of Shmona Esrei, come from Khan. The reason why we don't say Shmona Esrei out loud, the reason why we whisper it, is because of this tefillah of Khan. Her emotional state. The Pasuk says, Ula avdo b'chol avavchem. Saying Shema every single day. Ula avdo b'chol avavchem. You should serve Hashem with all your heart. So the Gemara asks, Ezehi avodah shebalev. What is this avodah shebalev? How do you serve Hashem with your heart? What is that? So what does Gemara answer? Tefillah. Tefillah is the service of the heart. Avodat halev, avodas halev is tefillah. Chana was emotional. She was crying, she was bitter, she was begging a Kaddish Baruch Hu for Rachmanus. Please send mercy to this woman. And then afterwards she was so happy and she goes back the next year, with her, two years later with her son in Fetispal, Chana. And Hannah goes on, and this is the famous Tefillah's Hannah. And she starts praising the Kaddish Baruch with Haudah and Shvach. A lot of famous Pesukim. Ein Kaddish ka Hashem ki ein biltecha vein sur kelokeinu. Hashem me misumachaya. That's Shemun Esra. Hashem make him me offer da me ashpos yoram evyon lo hoshivim nadivim. Kaddish Baruch, you take the low, you bring them, raise them up. That's the hill. That's, that's, the hill. that's hollow. This is Chana. So, what's Shemun Esra? Shvach. You praise Hashem. She says Hashem Tzvokos. She prays them. Bakasha, she asks for a child. And then Hoda, Modem. And she goes and she says an entire Modem. Shimon Esri is built from Khan. All of our Shimon Esri that we've been saying for years and years and years, hundreds of years, is from Khan. And this is the Avodah Salif. 
So what was, what was truly special about this tefillah of Chana that forever, forever it's called Avodat Shabalev? Avodat Halev. And why was she specifically answered now? You don't think she was davening before? She went to the Mishkan year after year after year. Of course she was davening. And I'm sure she was bitter also. I'm sure she was crying. What changed this year? What was special about the tefillah? So under, to understand the Avodah Salev, we have to understand what an Evid is. What does it mean to serve? What does it mean to be an Evid? So if you ask somebody random, what does it mean to be a servant, to be an Evid Hashem? What does it mean to be an Evid of a king? So they'll tell you, well, an Evid is someone who serves. An Evid is someone who gets commands, and he does, he acts. He does mitzvahs, he does commandments of the king. That's the level, that's level one of it. But you have to think for a minute. Where do his acts stem from? He does, he acts with his hands, his feet. He does something. He moves. What's pushing him to do that? What's the motivation? So very often if it comes to a king, he's scared he's going to get punished. It could be if you're an avid of a, a, human, a, a master, you want to get paid, you want to get money. So because I want to get money, because I'm scared, if I don't do, then I'm going to get whipped. So I'll do what the king says, or else. Or else I don't get money, or else I get punished. That becomes the motivation, very often for an evid. But we know in the Torah, who's an evid? Avram Avinu's an evid. Even though Yitzhak and Yaakov are not called Avadim, they're over the Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu. Says Hashem, who's, who's the greatest Evid in my house? Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu, Avram Avinu, they're serving Hashem because they think they're going to get punished. That's the motivation for their service. Because they're getting paid? That, that can't be. That can't be the motivation of Avram Avinu, Moshe Rabbeinu. Where does their avdis stem from? To serve Hashem. To live a life of, of mitzvahs. So level two Evid is something deeper. This Evid is somebody who realizes that his entire life is dependent on the king, on Hashem. This Evid is someone who recognizes that everything he has was given to him from the king. When you allow these thoughts that my entire life is truly dependent on the king. That everything I have, from all the external things, the clothing, and the family, and the school, and whatever else I have, and everything that I have on the inside, the way I think, my eyesight, we say Berchah all the time. When you allow that into your heart, and you feel how dependent you are on the king, and you feel the hakar satov, the thanks, the appreciation of what you've received. It's in your heart. Automatically, your heart wants to do back. Your heart wants to serve the one who's giving you. This is what the Chavos Levavos says in Shavodos Elokim. Famous Sefer Chavos Levavos, many Sharim, Shabitachan is famous, Shavodos Elokim. This is what he says. That our entire service of Hashem is because a person, if a person realizes how much he gets from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, from the second he wakes up, Modani Lefanecha, to the second he goes to sleep, Shema Yisrael, everything comes from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and you feel it, not just you know it, you feel it in your heart. Then your heart wants to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And then sometimes it's through doing mitzvahs. But when it gets in the heart, the Avodah Shabalev, then you become a true Evid. Because a true Evid is when he's being motivated by his heart. Not because he thinks he's going to get whipped. And not because he gets paid. Because he appreciates what he has. And his entire life is dependent on the king. So Avoda, the Avodah Shabalev, which we call Tefillah, the classic the stam of Odisha Belev is tefillah. Although it's all service of a Kaddish Baruch, as we're explaining, because all mitzvahs are supposed to come from the heart. 
it's not just about being emotional when speaking to the king. Like Hannah, we said before, what was, what was the Avodah believe of Hannah? She was emotional, she was bitter, she was crying, she was asking bakashas, and then she was happy and she was praising. All these emotions, that's true. That's true. But it's deeper than that. It's not just about being emotional. It's about that the avoda that you're doing stems from a motivation of the heart. That the heart is propelling me from a place of akar satov, from a place of recognition that everything really comes from the king. If I believe that my life is dependent on a Baruch Hu and everything that I've received until now is comes from him and everything I'm going to get comes from him, then automatically my heart wants to beg a Baruch Hu wants to praise Him for giving me chiyas, for giving me life. Wants to beg from Him that He should give me more of what I need or what I want. Because everything comes from Him anyway. And then afterwards it comes from a hodah. Because I thank Him because it all comes from Him. So Chana comes and she tells the Kaddish Baruch Hu, you're everything. You're everything. Everything is dependent on you. Everything that I have, everything of my husband, this whole world, Hashem Tzavakos, it's all you. Hashem Tzavakos. All the legions, the stars, sun, moon, to the ground, everything in between, it's all you, Akadosh Baruch. Everything I have is from you, and therefore I'm begging you for a child, because you're the only one who could grant it. So Chanath comes to Akadosh Baruch year after year, year after year, to the Mishkan, to the place of Ashra Sashrina. And she's, she's working on herself and she's saying, Karish Baruchu, you're everything. I'm dependent on you. You've given me everything. Please give me a child. Year after year. And she's, it's coming from a deep place in her heart. But how do you really know? We ask for a lot of things. A person might cry. But how do you know if it's really coming from the deepest place? The Yavodah should believe. Maybe the motivation is selfish. Maybe she just wants a child because everybody else has a child. How do you know that it's real? How do we know that the Yavodah should believe of Chana was coming from her Avdus as an Eved Hashem? How, does, how do you know? So there's one more condition. There's one more condition to being a true Eved. True Evid, like you said, believes that everything is dependent on the king and everything comes from the king. But there's one more condition. And that's the Evid feels that they have nothing. And that even when they receive something from the king, they don't take possession of it. They always believe it's the king's. Even when they get, it's always the king's. That's the mitzvah of Bikurim. That even when a Kaddish Baruch Hu gives us the fruits, you don't just say thank you for the fruits, you bring fruits back. Because they're not really mine. Kaddish Baruch Hu, they're really yours. And whatever you want me to do with them, I'll do with them. Kaddish Baruch Hu gives people Parnassah. And they put it in their bank account. And people think, I could use it for this, I could use it for that. But the true Evid says, Kaddish Baruch Hu, it's your money. Whatever you want me to use it for, I'll use it for. He wants us to use it for ourselves. But he also wants us to use it for mitzvahs. He wants us to use it for... And sometimes he wants us to use it for the mechanic when uh, you know, our tire pops. Whatever the king wants, I do. I don't get upset. It's his. So the Evid says, Amamish nothing. And Hashem, if you give me, you give me everything, I'm still going to be a nothing. You know, like the people who say, Hashem, just let me win the lottery because then I'll give, you know, $10 million to tzedakah. They try to like buy a Kaddish Baruch to, to, to win the lottery. <laughs> Shem, you know I'll give 20%, right? How do you know it's true? Still. Chana saying to Hashem, Hashem, you're everything. Everything comes from you. I'm dependent on you. And even if you give me, I'm really a nothing. But at the end of the day, talk is, is cheap. How do you really know? How do you really know? So Chana... Chana's waiting years for a child. She's being ridiculed being made fun of. She's embarrassed. Everybody else is in the park with their children. She doesn't have a child. She can't even go to the park. She's broken. She's crying. She just wants one child. 
And she goes again and again, and she's davening year after year in the Mishkan, probably by her house. She's davening, davening, and davening. She's crying. She's trying to work on her Vodash belief. She's begging a Kaddish Baruch Hu for a child, and she, but she wants it to be pure. And she comes back year after year, and nothing's happening. And she's getting older. She's getting older. And it's getting harder. She's getting older in her years. And she still doesn't have a child. And it's getting harder. Now that I'm older, it's harder, I must say. Khan is saying, it's getting harder. Kodesh Baruch, it's getting hard. Everybody around me is having children. And I'm not. But she still follows Hashem. I have my own free will. I could choose to go do something else, says Khan. I don't have to go to the Mishkan. I don't have to come daven to you anymore. I could leave this whole program. You're not giving me what I want? I'm out of here. Everybody else gets. I don't get. I do your mitzvahs. I serve you. I'm trying. I have my free will. I can leave. I have my own free will. Still, I choose you. I'm hearing the lyrics. Chana says, no. No. I'm not going to leave. Because I'm a true Ever Hashem. I'm a true Ever Hashem. Because being a servant's not a burden when you're working for the king. She says, I'm really an Ever Hashem. I trust you, Kaddish Baruch Hu. Hashem loves me. When you're working for the king who loves you like a son and a daughter, she felt like a daughter. Yes, she was bitter. Yes, she was hurt. I'm a daughter. And I know you only want to bring me closer. Avram, Sarah, Yitzhak, Rivka, Rachel, Imenu. They didn't have children for many years. Why? Gemara tells us. Because the Kaddish Baruch desired their tefillahs. Hashem wants them closer. It only took like 600,000 tefillahs. But with those tefillahs, they got closer to the Kaddish Baruch and closer and closer. And she says, I know you just want me closer. Bring me close, she's saying. When I feel so far from where you are, this is her tefillah. This is the tefillah of Hanan. And she starts crying out, Ano Hashem. This is her tefillah. Please Hashem, Ani Avdech, I'm your, I'm your servant. That's it. Be'emes, I'm your servant. Ben Amasecha. I'm your maidservant. She says three times, I'm your maidservant, I'm your maidservant, I'm your maidservant. Where the pesukim are? That's what she said. I can't even find it anymore. Pasuk says, she says, I'm your maidservant. I'm your maidservant. She says it again and again. She is the Ben Amasecha. She's crying to Kodesh Baruch Hu, Don't let me leave you. My entire life is a life of Amunah. I told Arya, Amunah's Gematria Evid Hashem. Amunah's Gematria Evid Hashem. A real lot of Hashem is, he has the, she has Amuna, Amuna, Amuna. She doesn't give up. With her free will, she doesn't give up. She keeps going back and back and back, again and again and again. And she's crying, Ana Hashem, Ani I just want to be your Evid, a pure Evid, who believes that you give me everything, who believes everything's from you, Kodesh Baruch Hu, and I want to thank you. How can I prove it to you? How can I prove to you the Emes? Pitachtel Mosare. Hakoi says, what does it mean to be Moser? It means to give over. Like Mesir Snefesh, to give over your life. Pitach Moser, HaKadosh Baruch open me up that I should be, have the chizik, the strength to give to you my most precious thing in the entire world. How do you know if you're a true Evid? If you're ready to give everything for the king. Says Chana, if you give me a child, I'll give him right back to you. At that moment, when Chana said that, when she says, Akarish Baruchu, I'm the real deal. I'm really an Evid. I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this really for you, Akarish Baruchu. That's a real Evid. It's not selfish. Everything's you anyway. And I could prove it. Because if you give me a kid, I will donate him right back to you. And that became Shmuel Hanavi, one of the greatest tzaddikim to ever live. And after two years, she did donate him. And he stayed in the Mishkan. She didn't even live with her own son. The one she was davening for, for years. Can you imagine? She was davening for years, crying. This is Chana. She finally gets a son. She gives it right back to Kodesh Baruch Yes, they saw each other, but she, they didn't live together. He was donated to Elia Cohen to work in the Mishkan. Then, at that moment, when she became the true Eved Hashem, because an Eved Hashem is someone who's willing to give over everything for the king. At that moment, her tefillah became the ultimate Avodah Shabalev, and forever we have that tefillah. That's the Avodah Shabalev. To be an Eved Hashem, 
to daven from the heart. And this is Rosh Hashanah. Because on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem is the king. And we're mamlech, hamelech. That's what we say. How do you mamlech the king? By being a vadim. If we're a vadim, if we're servants, if we're made servants, then he's the king. Of course we do mitzvahs. But it's about giving a Kaddish Baruch our heart. We say, we're about to say, Zachreinu l'chaim, a Kaddish Baruch give us life. Right? We're asking. We're saying, can we have requests? Are we not allowed to have requests on Rosh Hashanah? We say, Zachreinu l'chaim. We're asking for requests. It's in the tefillah. But what is the rest of the tefillah? Zachreinu l'chaim, Melech hafetz b'chaim, a Kaddish Baruch give us life. You're the king who desires life. Why should you give us life? What are the last words? L'mancha elokim chaim. Because it's all for you. You can ask requests if you remember to give it back to Kaddish Baruch. That whatever you ask for, Shem, please give me parnasa, give me life, but because it's for you, I want to serve you. Please give me a child. Please give me other things that we're asking for. Why? Because I just want to serve you. That's an avodah shavalev. That means to be an avodah Shem. And that's how you can ask requests on Rosh Hashanah. So this is the song. This song is the Tefillah Khan. This entire song. And even when Chana says, Chana said this, sometimes it's going to feel like your world is going to break. Chana, imagine year after year going. She mamish thought her world was going to break. I have nowhere else to go. How many times can I daven? Al Tishkach. Don't forget. Says Chana, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, don't forget me. Velo Tishkach HaSamasach. Do not forget me. Don't forget your maidservant. You want to know why? Because I'm a real Eved Hashem and I'm going to keep coming back to you and back to you and back to you. And even when I get what I want, even when I get my song, I'm just going to throw it into the world. Even though it, it hurt, I threw it to the world, I threw it to Kodesh Baruch Because the song's for us. Chana threw her son back. This whole song is the, this whole song is, is the Indian that we're talking about here. I think, this, I think this is a very important Nikuda for davening. It's a very important Nikuda for Rosh Hashanah to think about this. And in a minute, Ari is going to play, play the song for us. We're going to hear it live. And like I said before, people should write. People should write their own tefillah, sachana. Whatever you want. Write a tefillah, sachana. And have it with you by Rosh Hashanah, if you want. If this has moved you at all, and you're in a place of Avodah Shabalev, so try to put it on paper, try to capture this moment. Ari is going to play the song now, and then there's going to be a few songs that I put on a little bit of a playlist to just give you a little bit of time to think, to write. That's when I'll sneak out with Ari so you can... What happened? Paper? Okay. Paper. This paper has a copy of the song you can use the other side. Or I have a plain paper here. Look at the words. You can close your eyes. But if I don't get to thank you before, I'll thank Ari for coming and for sharing with us. And thank you all for coming. Thank you all for coming. So if we could just listen, listen carefully now, maybe we'll hear the song in a little bit of a different way. Bluetooth, pairing, Bluetooth, connected. Ever since I was a child, I've followed in your ways. Now that I am older, it is harder, I must say. Have my own free will, so that you lose you. Being a servant's not a burden when you're working for the king. Who loves you like a son and daughter Only wants to bring you closer Bring me close Oh, and I feel so far From where you are On our Tachta, the 